Good morning. Welcome to the Vineyard. You've been greeted by several. My name is Alan. I'm one of the pastors here at the Vineyard, and today it's my privilege to bring to a conclusion our series titled Rise of the Empires, a study in the book of Kings. And uh, so today we're going to close out the series, and uh, this has been really interesting to me personally. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. If you're uh, just getting in on the tail end, uh, go back. We've had some really great sermons by our team. And uh, I think you could appreciate and enjoy the engagement of God's good work among us, shown to us in the book of Daniel. If you're online, I am so glad you have joined us today. And I want to encourage you to lean in and relax and welcome the hovering presence of the Spirit who is always among us to speak to us. I love the words of Jesus when he says, Your Heavenly Father loves giving good gifts to His children. And paraphrase, He especially loves giving the Holy Spirit to those who ask. And so that's why regularly in the vineyard, we pray this prayer more, more, more. And we need that prayer of more because we leak. Some of our leaking is good leaking. We're giving away what we've been giving. And part of our leaking is just the everyday, ordinary stress of life that drains us. Now, that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about this morning, except that we're going to learn to live into the good and glorious work of God available to us in exploring the final chapter of the book of Daniel. So, as we conclude our series, Rise of the Empires, we've actually been talking about in the last couple of weeks what it looks like to live well in a troubled world. You look around and there's plenty enough trouble. Remember the words of Jesus? Every day has enough trouble for its own. And uh, there's a lot of trouble around us. But we're learning that the beauty of the book of Daniel is simply that he positions us to see the good work of God's love in the midst of this troubled world. Daniel positions us to see God's love at work in a variety of ways. And there are two big ideas that we've been anchored to from beginning to end, and I want to remind you of those ideas today. Here are the two big ideas. Trimper Longman helps us understand, in spite of present difficulties, God is in control, and He will have the final victory. And we were just singing, great is your faithfulness. The faithfulness of God is His work in us and through us, for His glory, our good, and through us, the good of others. And he will have the final victory. The second, big, the second big idea is simply this, again from Trimper Longman. God's people can survive and even thrive in the midst of a toxic culture. And so we're exploring these ideas and we're hanging on to the ideas that God's at work and He will have the final victory. And we can not just survive but actually thrive in the midst of a toxic culture. And so last week, I unpacked the prayer life of Daniel, and with the help of Kelly Ochoa, 
who preached on the prayer life of Daniel, Daniel chapter 6, we discovered from her these words, waiting is hard, waiting well is even harder. And everybody said, oh me. Well, actually, it's oh me, and then we can get ourselves to amen, because we understand that waiting is hard, but waiting well is harder. So in the discovery of Daniel's prayer life, we understood that there was this revelation that came to him from Jeremiah 29 about the faithfulness of God who is available to us. And so we talked about the revelation is simply this. God is with us in this life and his plans for us are good. Read Jeremiah 29. He says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans not to harm you, plans to keep you. This is the context. Daniel is the context of the pouring out. When the 70 weeks are done, you're going to be restored and returned to the place of beauty in Jerusalem. So God's plan for us is good. When Daniel heard these words, I suggested last week that it informed his prayer life. And so his response was a response of humility. I just want to remind you that humility is a healthy posture of the heart. A modest opinion of our own importance. And the reason a healthy posture of the heart is so important is because the attitudes of the heart matter. So today, I want to just unpack a little bit more, continue to build on the idea of this revelation of Jeremiah 29, postures us well in prayer, postures us well in humility, and postures us to understand that waiting well equals living well. Waiting well equals living well. So I want to answer the question today, how do we engage in living life well? How do we engage in living life well? So let's look at uh, Daniel chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. And he says this, At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such has not happened from the beginning of nations but at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Verse 2, multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever pay attention but you Daniel roll up the seal uh, and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end many will go here and there to increase knowledge verse 13 as for you go your way until the end and then at the end of the days you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance now as we packed, unpacked last week the plans God has for us with regard to posturing ourselves in prayer, 
I want to go back and unpack and take another look at Jeremiah 29 because in the same way that Daniel's prayer life was informed, I think this very same text provides not only insight to that life-giving posture of prayer that Daniel lived in, but also it pictures, it pictures for us what a life lived well looks like. And so, another look at Jeremiah 29. And I don't have this on a slide, but will you just allow yourself to receive this good word from Jeremiah Jeremiah 29, beginning with verse 4. Just listen and receive. This is what the Lord Almighty says. The God of Israel says to all those I carried off into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Here's what living well looks like. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Now overlay that on the word to Daniel, go on about your business. I'm suggesting to you that living well in life is inclusive of all of the instructions to not stop, not get distracted, not sit down, not focus on the wrong thing, but continue to invite the one who is faithful to lead us and guide us always. The challenge is, how do we engage in this life lived well? I want to suggest to you, Trimper Longman has an idea for us. He says, we can't fight on every front, but God calls us to bring our faith prayerfully and in the power of the Spirit to resist the onslaught of the evil, of evil in the world. Let me try it again. We can't fight on every front, but God calls us to bring our faith prayerfully and in the power of the Spirit to resist the onslaught of evil in the world. Let me unpack that a little bit. Here's how I think about what Longman says, and this is what I think about Jeremiah in terms of the invitation to live well, go on about your business, go on about your business under the inspiration of the work that God is doing in you and through you. I think about it this way. Our life is an ongoing engagement of word and deed. Word and deed. Word is living in obedience to what we know from God. Jeremiah passes along to Daniel some insight that allows him to live out. So he's living out of word, which informs his prayer. So he's praying out in word. 
and, and we say, come, Lord Jesus, come. We say, God, intervene here and now. God, do your work. God, you've done it before. Do it again. We talked about that last week. You've done it before. You can do it again. And so the word is the place in which we call out as individuals and as a community. The prayer we prayed this morning, I pointed you to last week. Let me point it to you, point, point it out to you again. We've already prayed it this morning. The preferred prayer of Jesus, the teaching prayer of Jesus for his disciples. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to add one line to it. Give us today our daily bread. Can I suggest to you that one way to think about that is, will you give us every sustaining necessity that keeps us pointed in following you and living life well? Give us today our daily bread. John Wimber pointed out in a teaching about this passage on prayer, he says that passage can be translated, God, would you give us the bread of tomorrow today? Give us the bread of tomorrow today. And I think there's some insight for us to give us the bread of tomorrow today. Let your kingdom word and deed. Jeremiah 29 in living and building and marrying and providing and engaging is the deed that follows. You see, our hearts point us to the Father in prayer, but when we get up from prayer, our hands and our feet are empowered to act. And so, the invitation for us today is continue in word and deed so that we live well in the kingdom of God. Let me remind you again, a life lived well is our active resistance to evil in this world in word and deed, in prayer and action. Build houses, settle down, plant gardens, eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number, there do not decrease and seek Peace and the prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. I'm going to come at it one more time. We are the hands of feed in God of God in this world. We work with Him because we have been blessed to be a blessing all the way back to Abram. God has not changed His mind. All the way back to Genesis, God has invited us to be co-laborers with him in his good creation. Daniel is being reminded by the heavenly host, don't stop living. Can I tell you the awful misuse of the book of Daniel? This is the regular misuse of the book of Daniel. Distraction and despair. Like, man, have you read chapter 7 through 12? 
distraction and despair. You can miss the big picture. And what often happens when we read the book of Daniel, we stop living. And I want to say to you, now is not the time for stopping our life lived well. So we are the hands and feet of God in this world. We work with him. We are blessed to be a blessing. Hold on to that thought and let me unpack a little bit of chapters 7 through 12. Chapter 7 through 12 differ from chapters 1 through 6 in many ways. Here are just a few of those, so think with me. Chapters 1 through 6, God is speaking to kings. He's speaking to authority. He's speaking to power. And he's speaking to them in dreams. And the beauty is the work of God in Daniel is interpreting the dreams and the visions. Now in chapters 7 through 12, the scenario switches and God is speaking to Daniel in dreams and heavenly hosts and angels are interpreting those dreams. Chapters 1 through 6, God is engaging empires and powers in the here and now, in time historical. Chapters 7 through 12, God is revealing his work in engaging empires and powers in the future with apocalyptic revelation of what he is doing in the world. Chapters 1 through 6, oppositional force is mostly implicit, dealing with people and power. It's just implied, people and power are the opposition in chapters 7 through 12. It's more explicit, a pulling back of the curtain for historical insight, a glimpse of the spiritual battle that rages around us, seen in the physical world, fueled by opposing evil spiritual forces. We just continue to unpack. Let's not be distracted. Let's not be paralyzed by the details of the dreams and vision in Daniel horrendous and horrific as they are. Specifically, I want to encourage us to let go of the question, when will the end come, and engage in a world living life well, not as spectators, but as co-laborers. The instructions to Daniel are clear. As for you, go your way till the end. You will rest and then at the end of the days, you will receive your allotted inheritance. As we live out, we can say, today I have everything I need. And tomorrow I will also have everything I need. I, I feel the, a little bit of tension this morning to, to just... So, if you know, I, Kurt and I talk a lot, and our team talks a lot, and I'm going to do what I tell him not to do all the time. We talk. And I try to say, let the text speak for itself. Like, let the text speak for itself. We don't have to necessarily bring other text in to strengthen the argument of the text that's already speaking. And I'm going to violate that today. All right? So, the text is speaking. I, I have great confidence that the text is speaking live your life go your way till the end you will rest at the end of days and you will receive your allotted inheritance inheritance and and i just want to like my grandpa would say 
Drive it and clinch it, buddy. Drive it and clinch it. So you got to know, my, my granddad was a contractor. When we were framing, we would do some work, and he would say, drive it, which meant there was, there was just putting boards together. And when the nail pierced the material, he would then say, clinch it. The reason you clinch it is the bent over pointed tip that pushed, pushed, pushed through the, the wood, when you bend it over, makes it more difficult for that nail to be extracted. Here it is. I want to drive home and clinch the idea that God has great desire for us to learn what it looks like to live well in this world. And so let me just unpack it a little bit. I'm suggesting that we should quit worrying about when the end comes and live well until we get there. All right? Quit worrying about when the end is going to come and live well until we get there. Remember Jeremiah 29. All right. Funny you ask, did Jesus have anything to say about the end of the world? You know, I just, just heard that question. Right? I know that's what you got. Did Jesus have anything to say about the end of the world? In quite a short order, I want to give you three observations that we, that we get from Jesus. Three observations. Matthew 24, verses 12 through 14. Just listen to the words of Jesus. He's talking about the end time. He's been asked by the disciples, when will the end come? And he goes into quite a lengthy discussion. He says, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Can you hear Daniel? Keep living. Keep living. Keep living. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Keep living. Keep living. Here it is. And this gospel will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Okay, hold on to that. Now, now. Matthew 28, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus is getting ready to ascend some of his last words to his disciples. Then Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. You, you've heard me preach on this before. Um, one of the ways I like to say go and make disciples of all nations is simply this. As you are on your way, living well, make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. The end does not come until the gospel has been preached. We've been sent with the promise of Jesus going with us to preach until the end because he is with us always. And then Acts chapter 1. They're asking again, Jesus, would you tell us when the end is going to come? 
you get the picture, right? If you see yourself in the scripture, it's probably because you're human. And if you see the disciples asking again and again and again, the reason that they're asking is because they're human. And they really, really, really want to know when the end's going to come. I'm not sure why, except I'm not sure why we want to know when the end is coming either, because Jesus says to them what he says to us, and that he says, they gathered around him and asked him again, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, you got to see a little humor in Jesus. Because that's how I think. He's gracious and kind, but I just think him saying, he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. There's this theme, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and to the ends of the earth. And I want to add something that's not in the text, but it's implied. And when you do, and when we're done, the end will come. When you live well, by carrying the good news from where you are to wherever you go. And we do this together. Only the Father knows when we've completed the task. But the task that's given us is simply this. Continue proclaiming in word and deed the goodness of God's great glory to the end of the earth. So as we looked at Daniel chapter 12, here's what I think a big picture is being revealed. What the big picture is that's being revealed. And this is the big idea that I want to invite us to live into. It's what I've said before, but I've added three words to the end of it. And here it is. God is with us in this life. And his plans for us are good. Hear it. Hear it. His plans for us are good now and forever. His promise still stands. Great is his faithfulness. I love this quote by Douglas Conley. What God has given us are magnificent promises that we can cling to as we face each day and each challenge. Now, back to chapter 7 through 12 and unpacking them. Daniel had been used as an instrument to speak the truth of God to the powers that existed in the empires. But chapter 7 through 12 Daniel is experiencing God in his everyday, ordinary life through the prophet Jeremiah and through the visitations of the beastly empires that will be faced in the future. God is speaking to him and he's having an experiential encounter. God is giving him dreams and then he's sending heavenly hosts to unpack those dreams. And basically what each and every one of those dreams says is simply this. God keeps reminding Daniel and by Daniel, through Daniel, keeps reminding us 
And these are the words of the Lord to us and to Daniel. I've got this. I've got this. I've got this. I'm finished almost. A couple of promises to look at. Daniel 2, Daniel 2, 44 through 45. Here's one of the promises. In, those in the time of the kings, God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of the mountain, but not by human, human hands. The rock that is broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, and the silver and gold into pieces. The great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true, and its interpretation is trustworthy. All the way back to Daniel 2. The rock cut out of the mountain is the promise of the kingdom God coming to us. A rock was never created by human hands but designed by the good will of loving God in heaven. Daniel 7 here's the vision that comes to Daniel in my vision at night I looked and there before me was one like the son of man just put, put little parentheses over the son of man Jesus favorite terms of definition of who he was Son of Man. Jesus' favorite definition of who he was, the Son of Man. Coming in the clouds of heaven, he approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples in every language worship him. His dominion is an everlasting word. We've heard this before. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away and his kingdom will be one that will never be destroyed. And we're ending right here. Coming back to excuse me, Daniel 12 beginning at verse 1. Conclusion of Daniel's encouragement. At that time, Michael, Michael's been engaged. Read 7 through 12. Michael has been coming, sharing the good news of what God is doing. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as not has happened from the beginning of the nations until then. But at that time, your people Everyone whose name is found written in the book of life will be delivered. You are held safely in the hands of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And because of that truth, you are free, free, free live fully in the invitation that is before you. Go about your business postured in humility and life-giving care 
word and being the hands and feet of the God wherever you go, do one final thought, Romans 12, 18 sums this idea up about what it looks like to live well. Romans 12, 18 says this, paraphrase, as much as it is possible with you, live in peace with all people. The invitation we have before us is to be a people of peace, declaring that the one who has come and is coming again is establishing his kingdom rule now and forever. And it is identified by peace that comes through the life of Jesus. Maybe for some homework, the rock of Jesus that's at work. Maybe you should just take a look. Romans 8, 28. Some of you already know that one. Take a look at Romans 8, 38 and 39. I'm going to give you Philippians 1, 6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to the completion until the day that God Ask Donna this week. I, I have been wrestling with how I wanted to close this, and I so much wanted to play Handel's Messiah today. The picture of Revelation the seventh angel sounded his trumpet. There were loud voices in heaven which said, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. And because of that, we live well in this world as we go about our everyday, ordinary lives with the expectation that he is with us always. For his glory and for our good and through us the good of others. God is with us in this life. And his plans for us are good now and forever. Pray. This is what Daniel's been telling us all the way through. I've not left you alone. I've not left you isolated. I'm with you. I'm here. I'm for you. I'm doing this work in you. And I just want to invite us to do it with you. Why don't you stand? possible that you're here today and you've had an inkling of what the invitation of Jesus might be, but you've never said yes. He's been working. The Spirit's been working, inviting you to say yes to following Him with your whole life. And uh, you just haven't done that. It's like 
you're not resistant. It's just like you've been just sort of in neutral, right? Yeah. Maybe maybe you've even said someday. Let me ask you a question. What if today is that day? What if the invitation of the Spirit is to just say yes to following Jesus and living your life in obedience to Him for the rest of your days so that in the end, in the end, both now and in the end, you'll be one who shines like a light. If you've never said yes to following Jesus, maybe today's the day. And if that makes sense to you, then say yes to Jesus. And in a second, I'm going to ask some people to come and we're going to be able to pray. And if that's you, I'd like you to come. Just let them know, hey, I'm coming to follow Jesus. I'm saying yes to the invitation to follow him. They'd be happy to pray with you. And uh, talk with you before before you go. The possibility also exists that there's an awareness within you that you put it in neutral for a different reason. Oh, 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 not so sure. Gosh, look here. It's really dangerous out there. And I will tell you, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Your 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 gut's telling you what's real. Yeah, it's dangerous out there. Can I tell you that something is equally real and true and we have the opportunity to live into it? You'll never go anywhere that God hasn't already been. You'll never go anywhere that he won't keep you because God is for you, for good, No reason to put it in neutral due to fear. Watch this. So if that's an awakening, hey, I've been neutral, been neutralized by fear. Maybe we can pray for courage and freedom today. And if you have any other need, whether it's a physical healing, this this comes to me. You've not been sleeping well. You've not been. think God can give us peace so that we can sleep. Maybe 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 that's you. You've just not been sleeping well. Maybe there's an uncertainty about the economy that's got you all tangled up. The peace and presence of God wants to speak to those who are choosing to go to him. So whatever your need is, I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing. I want our members that are available to come, team, prayer team members, would you come just so people know that there are people available to pray. If you have a prayer need of any kind, let me just say to you, this is the everyday, ordinary grace of God that we try to practice every week. This is why we ask people to come forward for prayer, because this is an ordinary means of grace. This is not something that is like we only do this on special occasions. No. This is what we do always because it's the means of God's grace available to us. And so if you need prayer for any reason, this is the normal engagement of followers of Jesus. We come forward and say, this is my need. I'm asking God to meet me in that need. And I'm asking him to intervene in that need. So come. If this is normal in, in the Christian life, this is normal. We want to practice it this way in the room. So I bless you now. As the people of God,
live courageously for he is with you now and always may you receive the smile of Jesus the one who looks down on you with great pleasure and be reminded that as you live in his loving gaze he is always for you and he is always at work in you and through you for the glory of God through your good and through you the good of others receive receive all that God has for you today. This I pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Guarantee it's and truly see you again if you